You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to the latest episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast. We're at season 12, episode 6. And tonight is your League One and League Two special falling on to the Championship special last week. So, we've got two Johns tonight. How are you doing, John? Yeah, good. Good to be back on with you. Um, and looking forward to the Star Studied um, podcast tonight. I know we've got a couple of superstars uh, in Mark and Alan on. How are you doing? Hey, lads. <laughs> you saw right? Doing, doing grand, mate. Thanks for having us on. Uh, I'm not putting any pressure on you guys, Ali and Kevin, but we've got the lower league experts on. Well, I cause that if you want. <laughs> it's up to you, but there you go. We'll see what happens <laughs> with that one. We'll see I what happens at the end of the season. I, I think, I, I think Kevin, we're looking at the results. Even, even only be three games played. I think it's going to be one of the up and doing um, seasons with, with both the leagues because there's been a couple of couple of uh, funny ones in there already. So. Um, and you're probably guessing I've not cooked them up yet, so that's kind of the reason why I'm saying that. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be, it'll, be, it'll be interesting. This will be interesting this season. I think. I think there's good teams in all the leagues. You know the, yeah. the leagues are strong. You know I think that's it. That's the thing we want to see. You know, people not talking about the championship because I think that's probably going to be the best league out of them all. To be fair. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with you. I think. I think getting to the nitty gritty of the season, you know, even at the start, you've got to get after a good start, as we'll talk about. But um, the championship is a cracker as well, and it always seems to, you know, looking at the, you know, talking to the top league and all that kind of thing. But we're talking about the weekend. Me and a few mates, there's going to be over a hundred points, over a hundred goals, and fifty points between Rangers and Celtic and everybody else. At least the other leagues give us something to look at and um, keep us interested right up to the wire. You know, with the ups and downs and the, obviously the playoffs and things. So really looking forward to this season. See, just quickly then, before we kind of get going properly, we were talking last week in terms of with the League One being more competitive than the Championship this year. What do you think it'll be more competitive? I think the Championship. Okay. I wouldn't disagree with that. I wouldn't I disagree with that. Yeah. I think some really good teams in the Championship, really strong teams as well. I think it'll be, I think the League, I think League One will be good as well. Don't get me wrong, but I just think that, I think the Championship will just supersede that that you know that expectation because you think of what it was like last year you know those better teams went up those probably teams went down that you didn't expect to go down you know so I think I think it'll be t- I think the championship will be a tough tough league this, this season as it normally is yeah um, in terms of league one it's going to be interesting because Alan and Mark asked you if you have predictions before the start of the season or three weeks in and we'll see if they're maybe the same as what you sent over to us and Ali, I don't know if you get back to us with your predictions, but I guess you've got a note. I, I, I mean, no, I've, I've been busy, really, really busy with this wedding coming up and things and disappearing staggers and staggers. Aye, thing, so, aye. Um, I'm, I'm up to high dough at the minute. The fitness going to take the back line the first three weeks. Once I get out of the wedding, John, I'll be all right, you know. Oh, you'll get, uh, you'll get your predictions in halfway through the season. <coughs> have, yeah, well, have a look. Uh, that's, that's cheating. Absolutely. I'll get mine <laughs> in at the end of the season. Aye, good try. Good one, Kevin, aye. <laughs> Um, right, so League One, where are we starting then? Up near the top, what are we thinking in terms of who's going to be contenders? Well, for me, if you, if you don't mind, I mean, um, League One, 
I've got a, a couple of teams in there, isn't there? I'm going to go with the the, the guys that done well last season. I, I think they'll be a contender. I think they've they've um, kind of recruited younger boys. I think they've somebody mentioned that on Twitter earlier on about that one of the supporters. I think Airdrie over there or thereabouts. I think they've. I think you need fresh, young, fit guys in that league, um, and I think they'll be up there. Um, along with the Falkirts and Dunfermlands, I think Dunfermline are probably my tip lads already. I just think um, I've got guys, as Kevin will tell you, in the lower leagues, if you can get boys that can get off scoring goals right away, you've got a chance. If you don't concede right away, you've got a chance. Even as little as three, four, five games, you can get, you, if you start off well, you can get a wee gap in there, you know, and then the confidence grows within the group. So I think um, they three are going to be up there challenging. And I've got a wee sneaky feeling that Aloha might be up there kind of just trying to get into the fourth spot. But, I mean, you obviously usually have different opinions than me, but I just think they've got a couple of guys in there that play for their clubs that can score goals. Airdrie, for instance, uh, Devaney and Gallagher, um, he's always there, thereabouts. You can get 10, 15, between 20 goals a season out of day two. Each have got a real good chance. Um, they're firm as well Lewis McCann he'll start to score goals I think about a handful of a player and um, when you've always got that depending who you're playing against you've always got a guy that can stick a ball in the net I think it's really important at that level it was Katie that was um, the Airdrie fan yeah. who, who replied she was the only one that replied to him for people's opinions so thank you Katie um, yeah. but I'll be honest I wrote Airdrie off completely for top four um, when I saw Ian Murray had left and Reese McCabe came he's just think automatically rookie manager how wrong I've been so far um, after yeah. beating Falkirk 4-0 how can you write a team like that off sorry Alan yeah. but um, you know 7.79 is a decent start and even going to Queen of South who um, get relegated last season that's and getting a draw, the fact that they're coming away disappointed that they only got a draw show so far they've come so yeah. far. I think Airdrie are tough to beat, aren't they? I think that's the, that's the thing. I think I probably agree with Ali. I think Dunfermline will win the league. I think they're they're just too strong. They'll be able to dip in. I think they you know come come the the window if they need to. You know in January if they're if they're up there they'll probably get a wee bit of cash that they can they can find more than others. Uh, I think Falkirk should be there as well. I think. They'll, that'll probably, they might miss out this year, but I think they'll definitely be there or thereabouts in the coming years. I think they're too big a club to be down where they are for so long. Uh, but I think when you look, when you look at Dunfermline, you know, uh, Reese Breen and Kyle Benedictus at the back, they're two, you know, Kyle Benedictus especially. I think it comes for you if you can stop, if you can't, if you can stop goals. And then they've got, as Ali said, Lewis McCann up, up top will, will score goals. It's a, it's a good recipe. Uh, I think with Falkirk, I've seen them a couple of times this year and I've been impressed with how they play, you know, how, how they try and get the ball from one side and they try and get it uh, through the middle with Nesbitt, Callum Morrison as well and then you've got Heatherington and McGinn in that midfield area. It's a strong midfield as well. So I think they two will be there or thereabouts come the end of it and, and I think Airdrie, the same as, as it, like Ali said, you know, they will be thereabouts because I think they are tough to beat. And I think when you've got legs in that side, you know, young, hungry players that when it comes to the, the horrible thing, you know, over the over the over the Christmas period and into the into the January, February thing, they'll be they'll be still going and they'll be wanting to prove that last year wasn't a fluke, you know, and they've changed the manager, you've brought in fresh ideas, fresh impetus as well. But 
no, I think for me, Dunfermline are probably, probably the favourites. Who else would you have in the midst for the top four? You've got obviously Dunfermline there, you're tipping and then Falkirk and Elgie. I think I think looking at it, I, I don't think you can put Montrose out out of the box. You know, I think they are they're always going to going to going to be there or thereabouts. But I think that fourth spot will be will be a, a tough ask for any team. Yeah. You know, it'll be a couple come the end of the season. I think, like Ali said, Aloha will certainly be there. I, I've got a wee sneaky suspicion that Edinburgh City might be there as well. There or thereabouts. Uh, I think they've recruited really really well, and some of the players that they've kept are good. Uh, and I think Montrose, you, you know what you're going to get with them. You know they'll 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 come good, so to speak. Now, Mark, you sent your predictions in a few weeks ago. Can you remember them? No, I don't think I did. Unless I was. <laughs> well, I thought you did. Did you end up no sending them? Unless I was. Even me, I don't remember it. No, I've, I've, got, them, I've got them here, right enough. You got them there, right? Okay, no worries. Yeah, I think you'd only sent a few of them actually. You... Uh, so I've went for. Dunfermline to win it, Airdrie, FC Edinburgh and Queen of South obviously left Falkirk out for reasons. But <laughs> I, I honestly think they're, they're under too much pressure. I think they'll struggle, but I've went for Dunfermline, Airdrie, and I think, as uh, Kevin said, FC Edinburgh have signed some good players, Kyle Jacobs, Liam Fontaine, Kieran McDonald. I think they've got good boys for that that league, so I went for the three of them to be, to be up there. See, before we go on to Ireland, were you all surprised that James McPeak got the Dunfermline job as opposed to maybe a higher up position? Like championship club? No, no I was, I was I'm not surprised, no. I think I think no. Dunfermline are a big club. You know, they're probably a championship club. You know, so I think it's it's a good one for them, I think, to, to go in. You know, it's it's not that big a drop. I think you'll have the you'll have the you know the backing of the board, the fans, you know, probably Look at him more than most, and think that this is the time to get up. They'll get a bit of, bit of money in, involved there as well, you know, to get some players in. And I think when you look at it, it's probably a decent. It's, it's very. It's a. It's a good. Good signing for Dunfermline. I think it's a. I think it's a good fit all round. To be honest. Yeah, I was a surprise either, Kev. I, I thought it was a good fit. Exactly. I, I think he's a. Uh... Obviously, it didn't, it didn't work out for him, kind of thing, and being in the Premier League, obviously, and then getting relegated. So. I think Dunfermline will be a good fit. I think I think he'll get a bit of patience as well. I think people will be patient with him, you know. I don't think there's much pressure on him there as what there was in the top level. But as you say, he has to try and, and to also, if he does get off to a good start, which he has, and they keep progressing, then they'll start to believe that they can maybe get promoted. And then I think they'll back him come, you know, the, the window in January again. And I think that's the benefits of being at a club like that where you can go and back. I would like to go back and say, obviously, as well, again, we've spoken about it before, guys. Edinburgh City just keeps surprising me every season. I think, they're, I think they recruit brilliantly. They really do, Kev, honestly. I mean, yeah. I think one of the boys, or maybe a couple, has tipped on for they could really be struggling, you know, last year because we didn't really think um, they change a manager, the, the, the guys they'd brought in, but they just go from strength to strength. Um, and I've, I've got to take my half to these teams that came up for the lower leagues years ago and they're, they're, they're progressing. They really are progressing. And it's no surprise that you see the other teams that have been in the league stagnant for years and years and years, really, really toiling, you know. So um, good luck to them, you know. And, um, uh, you know, I, I, playing at uh, Spartans Park, well, they're, they're, they're at Thistle now, that's another new thing for yeah. a minute, the new Meadowbank yeah. Stadium. You know, playing at Spartans, kind of a smaller part, but that's their end, they've got their end ground now as well. So good luck to them. I think, I think it's a decent, decent outfit there. 
So, Alan, you must be loving this, all this good talk about Dunfermline, eh? Kevin, it is. See, every time somebody mentions struggling or any sort of negative word, I just see the smile on Mark's face. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, just just to go follow on there, he's saying about Edinburgh, I actually stay along the road um, from Edinburgh. I'm, I'm in um, I'm a Musselburgh, and uh, the stadium's looking absolutely cracking. Um, obviously, they had a bit of drama early, pre, early season getting with a name change. Um, I'm not yeah. sure if anybody knows the details about that, but um, they've handled the transition up to uh, League One much better than Kelty, which I've been really surprising. Um, but obviously, Kelty have had their own issues with Thompson leaving before the season even started. Um, we've had a we've had a, a big summer, um, as everybody probably has seen. I think we had 16 incoming, um, including a couple of academy graduates, and then 14 gone out, including some big names like Telfer. Um, so that's uh, that's obviously going to take a wee while to settle. But then we we got off to the uh, cup run so well, um, beating Hibs, um, which was a massive result. Uh, kind of went the season expecting to go off to a flyer, and then obviously Stuart Petrie's got a number and had it again. Um, then he'll not draw it home. But then to, to go to Airdrie and uh, get beat four 0 is a that's a sort of brings you right back down. Um, the nil-nil against Montrose, that's fine. That you can that you can move on for that first game of the season and all that. But to get a beat four nil, um, I think what I would say in terms of the fan base, like obviously we've got the win now, um, so we've, we've got a win-loss draw for the start of the season. But um, we've got an experienced manager who's got out the league before, so we're not worried. At four nil is bad, and obviously we're. I think a lot of folk kind of looked at it and went, actually, well. It's a, it's a bit of transition. It'll maybe take a month or two to really get going. We're maybe a bit, a bit lucky with the cup run um, to get out the groups uh, and look so good so early. Um, but there's a lot of exciting players in that team. Um, and when the, the good players start playing well, like your Morrisons uh, and your Nesbits, who are the guys who are going to get us goals? Because we've got Allegria from um, from Rangers on loan. Um, We've got a couple of a couple of strikers there, but obviously that's the that's the problem we've had in the last few years. It's just we've not got a Rory Loy. Um we've not got any Alagay or somebody who can pick us up twenty goals a season. Um and we've lost a couple of names as well in the, over the summer who had potential. So um yeah, mixed bag for a start. <laughs> I suppose you'll find that though in terms of the big change in personnel with that many players you're saying as well. It's gonna take yeah. a bit of time to find rather than maybe find our like in a steady system as well to get going. Yeah, how, how does that, like, Kevin, uh, how does that feel for the inside? Um, if you're at a club and you get this turnover, because obviously lower league, you're only getting one or two-year deals, so it's happening quite regularly. But is does it feel like you're transitioning um, for a good couple of months after a summer? I think, I think, you're, I think you're, always, you're always building a new team. You know, in the lower leagues, I don't think you have that continuity of, you know, you probably try, I was fortunate enough at Albion to... You know, keep the majority of the squad just purely because of what we had done the previous year. You know, and I felt that they were they they were they were due that you know confidence to go again. You know, but in hindsight, it's probably probably kept too many. You know, uh, looking back on it, and it should have freshened it up probably more than what I did. But I think the players that I kept at that point deserved that opportunity. You know, so in that sense, it was probably fortunate enough. But speaking to other managers and other coaches. It's hard, you know, especially with the cup, the cup as well, because you're you're never fully ready, you know, for that that cup. You know, I was at I was at one of the games that was Morton Morton Falkirk actually I think it was, 
and uh, Falkirk Morton had one sub, you know, in that cup, and you know, just because of injuries and you can't play, you can't play trialists, you know, you can't play, you know, all the all the stipulations that, that happen. So it can be difficult for managers. But I think what you were saying about, about Falkirk in the cup run, I think they've done very well. I was at the I was at the Hibs game, uh, and they, they scored and defended for their lives and got rode a little bit of luck. You know, I think if anybody anybody seen it, you know, it could have been five one, you know, mm-hmm. the Hibs. But at the end of the day, they they rode their luck a little bit and they got what their effort deserved. And you know, that's that maybe papered over a little bit of the cracks, you know, of of the the settling in and the bedding in period. But I think I think they've got off to a decent start. You know, there will be a bedding in period because I think the managers came in and he's changed the change the whole system and the way they start the, the way they want to play. So it'll take the players a little bit of time to get that. And there's going to be bumps in the road like your Airdrie. You know, you'd probably mm-hmm. rather get that now than, you know, maybe a month down the seat, down into the season where you get scalped for now when you think everything's going plain sailing and all of a sudden you're going, oh no, what has just happened there? No. I think it's also, I think because it's happened so early, we've seen a wee bit of a reaction. Um because we've gotten a, a couple of signings even last week. Um which again you're kind of thinking every time we get beat, we're just going to sign somebody <laughs> just to try and like keep, keep the fans on side. But I'm also for that. So uh... to, to be fair, to be fair, I, I think that the Falkirk fans have had enough of it over the last few years. So John McGlynn, as you say, experienced manager, but it doesn't matter. You're going into a place where you need to get results. I mean, uh, we're talking about managers already. You know, the the, guy, the next Scotland manager, Jack Ross, up at the D United. You know, and, and I know it's a different league, it's a different level, but some of these fans and things, you know, you go three, four games, you're wondering where your next win's going to come from. But as Kevin says, and you've said, they just need to stick with them, trust the process, and hopefully you'll get some people in that can do the damage and score goals and get them up the league because, you know, we've got a fantastic setup um, and a fantastic support. So, you know, they, 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 as I said earlier on, I've got them in that playoff spot. I, I definitely think John will get them into that. And it's whether they take the chance once they get in there. You know, they, they, they really have to. It can't keep going doom and gloom. It can't keep going down the hill. It's got to turn at some point and maybe John will get for them. It has. And I mean, they've had a conversation last season. I think I discussed in the podcast before about how they said um, this this new board that we've got in are open and honest with the fans. And they're saying that there's only so many years they can effectively bankroll us to change the team and, and get yeah. promoted. If it doesn't happen, either this season or next season, um, we're going to be looking at part-time football, so it's no—it's almost a survival kind of element. It's no—it's no just about having a good football team anymore. Um, but as you said, we've got the, the changes are happening behind the scenes. It's looking positive, and that just having that youth academy. And we brought in two players into that. We signed uh, Finn Yeats for Aberdeen's under-18s. Um, he was in the Scotland under-16s. He's an exciting player. He's actually been playing defence, even though he's a midfielder, at 18 years old. Um, which is probably an area we should be looking at strengthening before the window closes. But, um, but aye, that's exciting. But as you mentioned, other teams as well. Like you look, you, I think in terms of the league, it's it's always a difficult league. It's always it's a competitive league. Um, I expected Kelly to get off to a better start, to be honest with you. Um, but uh, I'm sure they'll come good eventually. Um, you've got big teams down the down the bottom end, like Queen the South. Um, Rory McAllister got him in throws. Um, that's now a goal scorer there. Um, which I'm assuming he, was, he wasn't there I think for the 0-0 draw but um, that'll be a, an exciting one to see how he, he gets it but then like Dunfermline I think they're, they're part well I think they're fan owned but they've um, 
a big big part of the rest of the ownership is by uh, German backers. So there's money in them, Fernland. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I've seen in the, uh, I think they've said they're going through a lot, sort of redeveloping their youth setup at the moment, and there's a lot of money going into that. So they'll know be a team want to set about. And if you, in Fernland, we're just looking at the Falkirk example, they'll not want to be us. So they'll not, they'll not want to be hanging about in the league for a while. They want to bounce yeah. right back, um, uh-huh. and they've got off to the best possible start. If anything do with German beer as well, while well, I topped it up a couple of weeks ago, didn't you? Didn't he half pint burger some beer, by the way, brilliant. <laughs> Must have had about 64 pints in four days. <laughs> that was uh, fantastic. And by the way, can I tell you, just a wee, a wee quick one, lads. Go to that football stadium and watch that football game. Bundesliga 2 puts Scottish football to shame, by the way. Puts it to yeah. shame. Yeah. 30 seconds to get into the stadium, get your seat, have a pint, have a whatever you want to eat. The guy comes up and fills your pint up. You can actually, st- you don't even need to stand up to let people buy you to go to the toilet. They've got about three feet in front of you. It's just Scottish stadiums are absolutely atrocious <laughs> when it comes to getting in and getting out. I, I mean, if got- my boy goes to Ibrox or I go to Celtic Park, a three o'clock kick-off, you're not getting back to East Kilbride to half seven, lads. You know, it's I free think- transport everywhere in, in, in Hamburg. It's amazing. Every, every German city, Kevin, brilliant, brilliant. It's the uh, way to go and watch football. It's just it's dear for a flight, mate. I thought when you were saying that, Alan, you were, you were going old school and just pissing on the terrace. When you said, "I was even worse with it was even, John. It was even worse with hand than with ash. You know what I mean? And the ash was splashing up on you. I can get back that far. Ali, whatever you paid for flight to Hamburg, it was probably cheaper than a return from Glasgow to Edinburgh and Scotland. Well, yeah, well, hundred percent. I, I think, I think the style of the best men's condes. But anyway, no, um, no. I totally agree with everything you're saying, but I'd like to get back and talk about the Falkirk thing just quickly. I think they made a big faux pas when they got rid of all that youth system all the years ago, Kevin, because they they, yeah, they, totally they, they flung all their money into it and it never worked for them. They tried to go down the route of signing the rang managers, and, and you'll agree, signing the rang managers, getting the rang players in, flinging money about the players that weren't interested, and see they just sticking with the process again. I know they're going back to it. Like you were saying earlier on about the Dunfermline are doing the same thing. So it's really important to get one or two of these young boys through because you never know what it can get. You might get a couple of hundred grand. It might get more money in the coffers. So, mm. you know, if you can keep doing the youth thing, you've got to keep doing it. You've got to, got to believe in it and trust the process and hopefully get a couple of guys through. I think, one thing I, think I, think that's that's I think that's a big thing for yeah. me. You know, youth, youth, especially in Scottish football, you know, there's not massive amounts of money out with Celtic and Rangers. Let's mm. be honest. Hearts, Aberdeen are probably there or thereabouts. Hibs just under, but below that, there's not massive amount of money that just get throws about. So, you know, you have to, you have to, I think there has to be a focus. And I think you look at Dundee United, they've been probably the kit, they've been probably the, the flag bearers of recent. You know, I think I was reading something just the other day that they had 10 players in their first team squad that came through the academy, something or something of that ilk. You know, and I think it, it goes, it goes in, it goes in circles, doesn't it? You know, Hibs were, Hibs were there, you know, they, they played, you know, I think, four, I think they ended up with six, five or six. At the end of last season, from through the academy, you know, and I think I think like you're saying, Ali is is, is totally true. These these guys, you, I think Josh Doidge is the Doig is the perfect example. Gets released from Hearts, goes to Hibs, and now he's playing in Italy. Yeah, you know, three three million pounds into Hibs coffers, they're able to go and buy Martin Boyle back and extend and buy other players through that three million pounds. You know, yeah. or, or what that three million something, yeah. and that's an that's an extra money that they can get if. Lower, lower league clubs, I think, instead of the whole merry-go-round of the experience, yeah, you need a bit of experience, but if you can 
actually find the money, you know, for a youth setup, then it probably you would hope, you'd like to hope that it would come good. You know, might not come good the first year or the second year, but you know, as you see with these 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 clubs that are bringing youth players through the, the set, maybe the second or the third year, you get that little diamond that you've polished. Yeah, you know, you've worked on, and then you get that, you know, that success. And I think that's where, certainly from from my point of view, you know, way back in the dark ages when I was playing, that's how we that's how we done it. You know, and you see, yes. you, you saw more and more players making their debuts at 17, 18. You, know, you don't really see that. People are getting called kids at 21 nowadays, which blows my mind in football. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> I remember I remember it very well. I mean, in fact, 20-year-old players, big uh, Gordon Ray was giving me a lesson in coming into professional football way back when I was at Clyde Bank. Um, he taught me a lesson on how to grow up quickly. And in the mm-hmm. 80s as well, Kev, I keep telling the boys, they laugh at me and all that, but, you know, you, guys would have you up against the wall for your 25 win bonus to get the messages that week, you know what I mean? Oh, 25 I quid. So that's how you grew up. But, no, going back to going back to what you're saying, even, I know it's a lesser extent with the lower clubs, like say the Falkirks and that, but you've got to trust that process and get one or two through. And even if it's a couple of hundred grand, that's amazing. That could play yeah. a de- pay a decent player's wages, two players' wages, going going allow you to go and sign somebody. When's the last time any of these teams went and signed somebody for 50, 60, 70,000 pounds? It doesn't happen anymore. You don't do it. Just look at the door. And what you'll find as well is, guys, some of these, you're talking about experience. A lot of these experienced guys are going junior football now and doing the lone leagues where they're yeah. picking up a lot more money than what they are at these so-called big clubs. And that's how you can't find them anymore. So, um, no, it's difficult for them, but you've just got to trust the process. Um, just going back then to Alan, who's your prediction then for the top four? Um, so I'm still still sticking with Falkirk. Um, Falkirk. Aye. Um, I've just, I, I mean, I can't say anything else really, but I've got, I've got to say I've got a feeling, but I had a feeling last season. So, we'll see what happens. <laughs> um, That's what I, I, my prediction, I had them firmly in chosen Kelly. The only one I'd probably change there is Kelly. Um, I mean, just because the changing uh, managers and stuff as well. Uh, I just, I think there's other teams here that's have maybe got it in them. Like especially just seeing how Adrian started the season, and um, maybe replace Kelly with Adrian. Um, it's difficult to say at, at this stage. I think Dunfermline do definitely the strongest, but you can't have it goes throughout the season. Anything can happen later on, um, and if Falker can just get ourselves sorted. Uh, Soon. I mean, that's a win now. It's on the board. If we can get ourselves sorted and pick up a couple more in the next few weeks, then we're not far away. I think, I think, I think the thing for me with Dunfermline is if they win the next, say they win the next three games, mm. they'll be, you know, miles ahead because I can't see anybody really winning, you know, four games in a row, you know, mm. apart from probably them, you know, and if they, if they get to, they get to maybe, you know, 18, 21 points, you know, by the, you know, if you even even twenty one points in the first quarter, then it'll be a tough ask for other teams to catch up. You know, they'll, yeah, they'll have a blip, but I think with that cushion, I think that will bring confidence, and you know, they'll just be going out thinking that they yeah. can win every game. I think as well as you mentioned, I know, Kev, just quickly going back to it, they've not lost the league goal this season yet. The big Benedictus yeah. coming in, that that's very important as well. And even when you go away from home, you don't lose a goal. You can always steal one with the boys, the firepower they've got. So um, I, I think they're looking pretty decent, but 
what do we know? You know what I mean? <laughs> like a couple of weeks ago, we'll come back. You talk about, talk about the fixtures coming up. If you look at, like, so Dunfermline's next three games, they've got um, Kelly away, Airdrie at home, Queen and South away. Um, I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah as you say, Kelly have, Kelly have struggled, but that's, I mean, Kelly, have, every game now for Kelly is you need to win. Because um, uh, you just can't get away with losing three games in the bounce. And uh, given their aspirations, they've probably looked at themselves as getting a chance to get a playoff spot. Um, but I especially aim uh, Airdrie away to Queen of the South. That's two big, big games. If, if as you said, if Dunfermline could come through those with three wins or even two wins and a draw, that, uh, I think they're they're home, yeah. they're home and clear at least and early. But I think the one team we've not really spoke about is Peter Head, and I think they're I think they're probably going to be you know down that end of the table for the most part of the season. And I think it must be really difficult for them to entice players up there, you know, and yeah. because. You know, like like Ali was saying, people can go to juniors, the juniors now, rather than go up to Peterhead. You know that travel up there for probably the same money, a little bit less. You know that I think that's the hard the hardship for them. You know they you know they clubs trying to attract players from the central belt or you know where the majority of the players are from are based. You know round about the centre in that in that central belt corridor. You know for mm-hmm. them to travel up to up to Peterhead is a difficult a difficult job. You know, but Jim McAnally, the wily old fox that he is, the longest yeah. serving manager. You know, you always, you know, I thought they were dead and buried at one point last year. You know, I thought they were couldn't win a game and then they go on a win a run and all of a sudden I think they finished mid table or something, something round about there. Yeah. You know, so you know, I think I think Kelty, Kelty, just going back to what we were saying about asking at what Alan was saying about how difficult it is bringing, you know, that change and that culture. You know, they, they change a the manager just before they start the season. It's you can see that that's, that's affected them because players get in their mind that, yeah, well, we know what we're going back to. And then all of a sudden, just before the season starts, it's a, it's a total different change and manager might have different ideas, et cetera, et cetera. And bringing, trying to get their players round or getting their players used to what they're, what they're not used to, you know, is can be a hardship because we certainly, Ali and I know players can be a little bit, how can I, how can I put it nicely? A little bit well, you need to watch your Siri after being soon. This is comments this week. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, a little bit difficult, especially if they've really liked the previous manager. Okay. Yep. That's a, a diplomatic answer there. Um, remember last year, Mark, you get stuck for predicting Peter Head to go down from Colin. Certainly do, mate. I've still not forgot it because I've got them last <laughs> season as well. Have you got them this season, Mark? Have you? Have you got I've them this season? I've got them league again, aye. Well, I've joined you this year. I've joined <laughs> you up in Peter Heed. I just can't see them surviving any longer, mate. I think they've, I think they've done their bit a day. So I'm with you. They've lost their best player, arguably their best player as well, their captain, Scott Brown, who's went to um, Wraith Rovers. He's a, he's a good player. Um, but he's also got the opportunity to fill for time football at last. Um, I just think and they've also lost Ferry, who's retired. Um, they've, I just think they're um, going to struggle because beforehand they had the um, advantage being up there of um, being able to entice players with a wee bit more money. But now you've got Cove doing that, um, so it's getting yeah. it's, it's getting a bit harder for them. So yeah, as much as I like Jim McInally, um, I, I do think they'll struggle. But a team who I had in the bottom two. Are making a mockery of me, Clyde. What a start they've had! Seven points at a nine in the first three games. You know, a lot of people have predicted them going down, but they've started off very well. Yeah, yeah. They're an, I think they're an enigma, aren't they, Clyde? You know, you, you could never write their season. Like one 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 minute they'll re- look like as if they're going to be relegated now, 
they look like they're going to be in the playoffs and then the next minute they could be fighting for top two and you know four games later they're mid table. It's I think if you're a if you're a betting man, which I'm not, I think the one team I would probably always stay away from is Clyde. Clyde. They, 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 they tend to go on runs, don't they? And I think Danny's done a fantastic job there with pretty much his arms, his hands tied mm. behind his back, you know, with and, and budget size and obviously the the whole situation, you know, what they had last year uh, with David Goodwillie was 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 difficult for all involved, you know. Uh, but I think this year, you know, they've started they've started fantastic. But I can't see them honestly staying there. I, I like Danny as a manager. I like Danny as a guy, but I can't see them staying up the top, up near the top of the. Maybe uh, maybe the change as well, Kev. Maybe the change of stadiums done them good. Maybe the, the new yeah. environment. You know, maybe moving away from where they were has gave them a wee kickstart. You know. I know they're trying yeah. hard in the background to try and get somewhere to make it a permanent home. I know yeah. somebody had mentioned the old Helenville, you know, in, in Glasgow. Yeah. Um, that was one of the first Astrograss parts in Glasgow. You, the goalie would kick a ball and would bounce about four on our feet up in the air, you know. <laughs> Bloody murder. But I don't know. Um, I think somebody had mentioned that and tried to get them back to a kind of base roundabout where they originally came from, which would be fantastic for the, the supporters and for yeah. the club. But no, I think the change of scene has maybe done them good there. And uh, good luck to them. I think also you talked to just about um, players uh, being informed and stuff. And Cunningham's uh, started the season he absolutely flying. Um, I think obviously looking at the he's got his five goals in his first three games, a um, couple of assists there as well. Uh, he scored against Morton and against Bonnie Rigg in the cup. Um, so when you've got somebody like that up front uh, or forward lines that can can get the goals in like that, then and your confidence is up, uh, flying. And they've also got. I think it's the fourth uh, fixture in the line. Uh, they've got them performing as well. So if they can keep their form up, that'll be another big game for them. I think that's a tester for these teams, isn't it? You always look at the big guns in the league. And if, you're, if you're, you are playing well and you go away from home and you've, you've got the big teams coming to your park, that's the tester. If Clyde can get through that and, and, and you know the Falkirks and the Dunfermans, then they can stay in the top half of the table. But um, it's, it's proven it's another matter, isn't it? You know, when you go away to Airdrie, you might be find yourself at home to Dunfermline the next week. It's just a, a, a run of tough games. But if you can, you know, get a decent result against these, as Kev, Kevin, you've mentioned as well, that the confidence builds. And, um, you know, they'll be buzzing the news because they've started really, really well. But um, you're right, if they've got a few hard games coming up, then they need to try and hang on in there and get the points in the bag. Uh, before we move on to League Two, John, you want to give your predictions for the top four then? As well? Yeah, so um, at the very start of the season, I went with Falkirk first. And I'm going to, even though they've not started as well as other teams, I'm going to stick by that because I just think McGlynn, with his knowledge of the league, will, will do well. And it'll be interesting those Falkirk and Felman games. It was a toss up between the two of them, to be fair. Um, but I think Falkirk might just do enough. And so he's talking about um, James McPake. I think his problem. Uh, in D last season was he won a couple of games and that wasn't good enough for them so they sacked um, so um, yeah I think Dunfermline will um, will definitely be in the playoffs I initially Queen of the South but I'm siding away from that I think Airdrie will be in there actually I think Alwa might be a dark horse with Brian Rice I think he's a good manager so I'm yeah. going to stick them in there too Okay um, See before we move on to League 2 I want to just go back on a point you made Kevin about uh, the youth system across the board what do you make of the B teams in the Lowland League? Because, Ali, we covered it with you plenty uh, last season. But I don't think it's something we've discussed with you, Kevin, since you were left on. I, I think I think it benefits them. 
I think it benefits their clubs and their players. Uh, I think it gives them an opportunity to play real football rather than against, you know, the other under twenties or twenty threes or whatever it is at this present moment in time. But as a league, my belief is if you win the league, you should get automatically promoted. You know, so are we? If you look at if you look at say, trying to think, say Cowdenbeath and East Kilbride, just for talking sake, were level on points going into the last game, and one had Celtic, and one had say the a bottom of the league team, you know, or Celtic or Rangers B or Hearts B. That's probably going to be a more difficult opportunity, you know. And looking over the, looking over the course of the league, their teams, although they can't get promoted. They have a hand in who gets promoted. And I think that's a little bit unfair. You know, because if they're in the league, they should be able to get promoted. I don't believe that they should get promoted. That's that's my my on it. But I think the the easy way to solve it is bring back the reserve league. Absolutely, 100 percent Well, 100 percent They have brought back the reserve league in some format, but they're only playing each other once. And there wasn't a great there wasn't a particularly great uptake on it, was there? Yeah, it's still got Celtic Rangers missing and Aberdeen's missing and Hearts are missing. So it automatically loses its appeal. Yeah. Oh, you've, got to get every, you've, you've, you've got to get everybody buying into it. Everybody's got to buy into it. When me and Kevin played reserve football, guys, you played against the top players that were coming back for injury and the guys that were maybe coming back for suspension. You know, you weren't, these guys didn't turn their nose up at playing reserve football. They played reserve football because the job was to get, try and get back into the first team with your manager. There seems to be this lack of I'm not I'm not playing for the reserves now or I'm not I'm not be playing with under twenties. It, it's completely changed yeah. the mindset of the modern day football has completely changed and it absolutely pisses me off to be quite honest with you yeah. because you, think- you know sorry John it's be, right. because there's obviously more money in the game now and there's more they think they're above their station some of these boys you need to get back to the basics where you're playing guys I mean you're, that's where you learn your football that's, I bet you Kevin get kicked up and doing the part and was there football. My first game was against Richard Goff in the reserves against Rangers, playing playing as a striker when I started out. And I, I, I tell that story to the cows come home. I made a run and he came back I came back in from making the run and a wee bit further down the line. He says, Wee man, why did you make why did you make that run? And I explained why. And he's like, I'm never going out there, wee guy. Never made that run again. Just through that experience. But I think I think what we forget is and what we look at with reserve team football and football in general, experienced experience players, the majority of experienced players want the younger players to succeed. So they're willing to give them that experience and pass on that knowledge when they're playing against them. And I, I make the analogy quite a lot of if, say, Ali is the best under-21 player, so Celtic are the best team in the league because they won the league last year. Other people say it's Rangers or whatever. So... If you're if you're you're the you're the best under twenty one player at Celtic or Rangers, you're just not quite in the first team. You're not quite not going to get game time in the first team, but they don't want you to go out and loan. How do you get competitive football? How do you get to grow? What happens is you probably stagnate. Yeah, you might be training all the time, but you might not play a game for six weeks, and everybody else behind you is growing and growing, and they're away to. You know, into the second division, into the first division, into the championship, of gaining experience. They're in the Lowland League, playing real, real hard games. You know, 
having to having to understand what it takes on a weekly basis to get prepared for that Saturday. I think for me that just tells you the story of people. What happens yeah. then is Ali, the top the top under twenty one, goes back the way, and everybody else goes further forward. And then and before I think you know, that's where the struggle is. Exactly, and then before you know, Kevin, you're twenty two, twenty three, and you've got ten games under your belt. Yeah, you've not got yeah. any experience. When we were racking up 30, 40, 50 games for eighteen year old to nineteen year old yeah. and getting experience all the time, even if it was reserve games against the Hibs, Hearts, Rangers, Celtics, yeah. um, that's where I, I gained experience. At, I think when you look at it, if a manager's looking at a player, the first and foremost they're going to look at the team that they're in, guaranteed. But they're also going to look at how many games they've played over the course of the season. Whether that's at Albion Rovers or whether that's at Dunfermline or whether it's at Falkirk or you know, Partick Thistle, they're going to look at how many game, how many professional games you've played. And then back in the day, it was about how many reserve games are you playing week in, week out in the reserves, the reserve league. You know, with all due respect, people aren't looking at how many games you've played in the under-21 league. Yeah. I know earlier on, John, you were saying about obviously Aberdeen aren't in it. Ab- they made the decision to not go in it because they feel it's better to send players on loan because they're playing kind of higher league. So that was their decision to make on it. Um, but do you think the likes that you like to your kind of clubs like Falkirk and your League One, League Two, could they sustain a reserve team? Looking at the size of squads they have these days, they might. They might not be able to. They might not be able to. But that's where then they can send players to maybe the juniors, the Lowland League, you know, etc. Because there's a better option there then because the top teams are playing, you know, in that reserve league. You know, for, for me, my feeling, and that's, are both are probably the exception to the rule. I think if you're going to have two, two, two teams, four, four leagues, the top two teams, the top two leagues, the teams should be full-time in it. You know, are both or... I'm contradicting myself here, but I both probably ripped that up last year and threw it away because math, my, my trainer thought is if you're full time, you should be fitter than a part time team because you're doing more. You know, so ultimately, wait, come the come come the end of the season, the teams that are full time should be fitter than part time teams. You know, but clearly, our both. I think that's I think that's what happened to our both really. They just ran out of steam at the come the end. Mm-hmm. They've not started too well this season. <laughs> Hangover for last season. <laughs> but yeah, they're only four points off the top. <laughs> yeah, well, that's how tight that league is. But they've not started well. <laughs> no, that's what right. I'm saying. So have they won a game, John? Have no, they won a game yet? No. Nope. They've not won a game yet. So <laughs> what happens then is, if they don't win the next game, they start to become under pressure. And then there's more pressure on you win the next game. That's what I was talking about with Jack Ross. Mm-hmm. You know, fans are fickle. You know what I like. I'll give you five, six games. I've got guys that sit in the pub with me on a Sunday watching the Premiership. That guy will be first away. There's only two games played. <laughs> well, that's, what, that's what they're like. Say you that. Know? Graham Alexander was away before he's even started. Well, there you go. <laughs> so, so there you I go. I said that. No, I had a wee comment about that. And that was actually, I watched that game. That was absolutely okay. embarrassing. And I'm not scared to say it. It was embarrassing. Yeah. Hey. I mean, we're going back to guys just punting the ball up the park, John, you know. No football played whatsoever. So I think that's what they had enough of. Definitely. Um, did we cover who we think gets relegated in League One? Actually, I think me and Kev went with was it me and Kev went with Peterhead. 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 I agree. I agree there. I think I think they they struggle just purely purely for the attraction of players. Uh, Mark, you said Peterhead as well, didn't you? 
But Mark, was it? I've got Peter Head, and you know, surprisingly, I've got Kelly down there as well. I watched Kelly last season, and I think obviously the money side and stuff, they didn't, they still didn't look too great. And I was surprised that they ran away with it. And I'm no surprised at all that they're struggling this year. Watched them a few times against us. They beat us the second half of the season because we were rotten, but they struggled against teams all the time. And now it's shown, I think. I think they've been they've been found out a wee bit and I think they'll struggle the rest of the season. Also not convinced about who they've brought in as their um, successor because John Potter, he might be an all right coach, but he wasn't a great manager at Dunfermline as well. Um, I'm just not convinced with that win at all. I don't understand why Kevin Thompson left with no job to go to. I was surprised he's not been snapped up yet, but only he can explain that one. And I've got Peter Head to go down as well, by the way. Oh, we're agreeing on a lot of things tonight, lads. <laughs> Watch the end of the season, that'll be r- r- ripped up, Ali. We know what our records look. Well, who was yours again, Alan? Yeah, he done. I had Edinburgh to go down, actually, uh, and Clyde in the bottom as well, so uh, that's not going to plan. Who, who are you going with then? That was your prediction. You can change it if you want, see as you're on. Uh, like Peter Heed, we'll be in agreement. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> pure Peter Heed. Well, uh, Mark, you, Colin even had Peter Heed in ninth place this year, so there you go. Uh, I've got Aloha doing there as well, so that, that cheers me up. <laughs> <laughs> I was disappointed, uh, Ali. I'm going to say I was disappointed in Yellow saying they've got a Falkirk, have got a fantastic fan base and all that. I thought you're, I thought you're one of us, but you've let me. Oh, no, listen, don't forget, I had a nightmare there, mate. So don't worry about it. You can't stand <laughs> me. I'm probably one of the worst sides ever seen. But they, they didn't know I was running about with a bus cruciate and a bus patella tending for two years. <laughs> I didn't have a guy to tell me I had it. I was going to so say about leaving. Try playing football with one of them. I was going to say about leaving stadiums in 30 seconds as well. You obviously never seen me leaving Fourth Bank last year, too. <laughs> <laughs> I must say, Ali, when I was looking um, for the um, a few goals from you um, for the, the year happy birthday last week, I was looking um, specifically for Stella and Albion. Oh, but they didn't cover Stella and Albion nah, in 2001, 2002. Like 35 goals in 84 games right. or something. Yeah, they had no um, mobile phone recordings in. <laughs> no, they didn't, you know. There's no many strikers with that record these days, by the way. No, no, there's no. No, I um, saw that all big money. Aye, exactly. Right, you better move on to League Two then before I get a row from John. <laughs> aye. Aye. Right, okay, who are we going first? And Ali. <laughs> right. Who are we going? You want to start aye. with me? Aye, on you go. All right, listen, guys, I, I actually had this, I mentioned this team last year and I mentioned their manager. I think he's going to be up by this season and I'm, listen, I'm not just looking at the league table at the minute. I'm, I'm actually honest with you. When I mentioned the... Uh, uh, Faz so I really think Dumbarton can date this year I think they're blowing teams away in a minute and I think they're going to be right up there at the end of the season they've also uh, Kevin knows very well the, the wee guys banging in the goals you know, from me Declan Byrne was unlucky with um, injuries last year and I think he'll he's hit the ground running this year I think he's got scored a couple of doubles already um, and I just think that the, the, you know there's a couple of other players that have signed as well we, Aaron Linus that Kevin had as well a good wee professional um, and a couple of Ryan Wallace. I think, I think, I think they've Ali Luffy Clyde. Did he go? Yeah, yeah. I think they've got a couple of options there, Kev. So I think, I think Dumbarton, um, for me, are going to be right in the, in, the, in the top three anyway. For me, definitely. I've actually got Sterling up there and all we man, so you'd be quite happy about that one. 
Um, Thank you. I, 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 but Mark, don't be too pleased because uh, Ali says he's not betting man earlier in terms of. <laughs> so maybe, don't touch your beanos. We... I don't touch your beanos ever. <laughs> I think Ali. I think you're you're right with Dumbarton. I think he. I think he. You know he's probably lucky to still be in the job. Aye. You know after Aye. after last season, Aye. if we're yep. if we're honest, you know the board have stuck by him. You know uh, because I don't think. I think they won maybe three or four games the whole last season. They really, really did struggle. Uh, I think he's recruited well. I think Declan Burnus, he stays fit. You know, when, when I had him at, at Albion, he scored, scored 12 goals. He was the third top goal scorer, you know, and a team that finished second bottom. You know, so I think he'll, he'll score goals. I think he's one of the strikers that go on runs. He goes hot, you know, but I think you have to, you have to just stay with him when he goes off the boil a little bit. Yeah. You know, I think Ali Love and Calvin Orozzi will be will be good foils for him. You know, I think I think they'll they'll be they'll be good. Uh, I think he's ha- I think Faz has had to get off to a good start this season. Yeah. You know, I think if I think if he hadn't then I think the fans would have been climbing over his, their seats trying to get him, I think. Uh, but you know I think he's I think he's recruited well. And I think they've probably got the strongest squad there. You know, East Fife, you would th- you would like to think that they were there or thereabouts, but, you know, I just I just don't know. I just don't know. You know, Stevie Crawford went in there last year and they didn't get the expected bounce, you know, that you would have thought, you know, him going back there. I think Sterling should be, should be up there. You know, I think the budget that they have, you know, Darren Young's went in there, he, Probably struggled late on last season as well. You know, it's a big, a big season I think for Darren. I think because there was real hype about him moving to Morton Air. You know, then he didn't didn't happen. You know, he's he's five just went on a terrible run. So I think Sterling for the budget that they have and the fan base that they have, they should be there. You know, because they're probably one of the bigger bigger spenders. You know, in in the second division. But I think also the fact that there's a bit of malaise in the background between the board and the, you know, the community or whatever it is. You know, the trust, yeah. the trust could, you know, it could make the wheels fall off. You know, and I think it's that it's up to the players to just keep focused on on the games. But they've started, they've started okay. But I think we all know we're still in. It's the turn of the year. It's the key. For, it's the key for them. You know, if they if they can win some games at the turn of the year, then they've got a chance. Nice. Of, at least be the playoffs. Mark smiling. <laughs> don't uh, they, I don't think he contain himself that folk are predicting Stalin Albion to do well. Do you know, I've actually I've seen him a couple of times this season, watched us against Elgin two weeks ago, and we're 2 0 doing it half time, and there was, there was just nothing there, absolutely nothing there. And then obviously play Stanley Shore beat them three 0 but they a man sent off after four minutes. But I don't know. I have not even got us in the, in the top five to be honest. Um, I think just scun it totally scun it. That's eight years we've been in League Two, um, and obviously as Kevin mentioned what's happening off the park. It's just everything has just gone wrong, and I think this season if if we don't get promoted, I think we're just going to get worse because we've. We've not got better. We finished seventh last year and we're getting worse and progressively getting worse. We're not trying to attract anybody. We're losing our best players. It's just it's just horrible, you know. Um, I was going to ask Kevin and Ali as well. See, obviously, 
usual nose professionals see when things are happening off the park? Does it actually affect you? So say this thing with the trust and the, the club board, the players are still getting paid. That's never in doubt. Do you still go in the park? Do you actually think about what's going on off the park or do you just get on with the, the job? I, I was I was never really involved in anything like that. I mean, the big motherwell carry on that happened with the Zoom, remember the Zoom stuff? Um, I'd left, um, but I knew a couple of boys that played there and it really did affect them because that was their living wage. Um, when I went part-time and I finished with Clyde Bank when Viola took it out, we were wondering where we were getting my wages for. But we weren't on great wages, we were all part-time and uh, well, Maysdays were part-time. And I certainly was, so it didn't really make any difference to me. So, no, you, that, going back and what you're asking is, my, my, my bread and butter was my job. So the football was just a pastime for me, if you know what I mean. And it got me my, my money to go to the weekend or whatever, go for a couple of pints. But um, if it's your living and you're earning maybe six, seven, eight hundred quid a week, or and there's something going on in the background and you're not hearing about it. I don't really know the full story of this. I just know there's a week and a something between the board and, and is it other people that are trying to get in, involved in the, the club or whatever. Uh, there's a whole... Uh, uh, so the, the club board, of obviously, we've been in that league for, for eight years now. So everybody's obviously getting annoyed and they're pinning right. the blame on certain... There's three three certain people that are getting the blame from the trust and the trust have then set a motion to try and remove them. And then the trust board have then set another motion to remove folk. Sorry, the club board have set a motion to remove folk from the trust board that are trying to join the club board. So that there's no like obviously there's no danger in the players losing their money. There's no danger. Right. So it's a different scenario than, than right. clubs going busting things in that. Right? right. Okay. It's, it's nothing like that. It's just right. Okay. Somebody's trying to pin the blame on somebody else for eight years of, pardon my French here, but absolute shite. So. <laughs> That is where the blame is getting laid on the chairman and he's picked the managers and he's picked a certain thing. So that's only kind of where it's coming from. But nobody has so, any danger. So Kevin will probably tell you then, if that's the case then, and you're on the park, it boils on to the players, doesn't it? You know, the, I, the, the, the frustration, Kev, you know? You, you, I think I think nowadays, I was I was part of a Portsmouth side. I was, I was a PFA rep at Portsmouth and the chairman, we could beat in the cup off a second division team and the chairman says we're not you're not getting your wages this month you know because of the performance and you're like well it's not as if we went out to get beat you know you had a bad day but I think I think certainly nowadays it's probably more because you've got social media that is constant you know and people will be asking about what's happening what's happening what about this what about that so you're not really getting it you're not really getting away from it you know, although although you probably you've got no interest in it, you know you're still getting it because it's getting brought up. You know, we're talking about it. People listening to this, you know, they'll be going, "Oh, I never really heard about that. What's what's happening there?" And you know, you probably know somebody that's there or part of it, and go, "Oh, what's happening?" And they're like, "You know what? I'm just fed up hearing about that." And all the time, there's that there's that fraction. You know, in the in the stadium, you feel the undercurrent. You know, you feel the the animosity and the, the divide, you know, and that's that's the thing that you, you, you as a footballer, you know, you feel, you know, you feel that divide. It's not necessarily, you know, or you're sitting on one side or the other, you know, because they're not privy to what's happening. I know the players had put out a statement on on it, you know, how how much of a state, how much of that is the players themselves, or you know, 
we don't know, you know, but yeah. ultimately they know what's happening. You know, they'll hear what's happening. They'll probably not be privy to it. The manager will probably be privy to one side of it. You know, but I think it's when you go into the stadium and you feel that undercurrent, you know, you feel that divide. And I think with Sterling, you know, personally, I don't think they should be in Division 2. I think they're a wee bit like Edinburgh City. You know, they've had chances in the past and the wheels have fell off. You know, Edinburgh City managed to get up last year. And I think, for me, Sterling are probably one of the best, seems like the best-run clubs in the second division. You know, they've got a really nice stadium. You know, they play a nice stadium. They train train there. You know, it's, it's a nice, it seems a nice yep. club. You know, if, you, if you're looking at it from the outside, it looks a nice club. It looks one of the, the clubs where you're a player that you would want to play. Or if you're a manager, you would like to manage, you know, in that in that sort of league. It, you know, you would get the back. It seems as if you get the backing from the board, you know, but this is just me looking at it from the outside. Don't know what's what it is inside. You know, ultimately, yeah, the, the chairman makes a decision or the board makes a decision on the manager. You know, I, th- I think if you look at the managers, there's, there's been a couple that they should have gotten them promoted, you know, and they, they didn't, you know, for whatever reason. You know, whether that's... I don't think you can blame that on the board or the chairman. But going back to your question, I think, yeah, the players definitely feel it. So, yeah. so you personally, Jing, you would be affected by, obviously, like, we've we've had eight years of being in that league and it's every season it's getting worse and worse. And obviously there's there's not there's not a great atmosphere now. We're 2 0 down to Elgin and the players are getting booed off at half-time and certain people are getting the blame because... Obviously, we're rightfully right, right, fed up. We've got a big budget. We've got a big attraction. We've got everything right. Like, I just, I just don't understand personally what is going wrong. How come, like, you're our bro and all that? They, they're away out in the middle of nowhere. You're Montrose's and you see us in central Scotland. We've got this stadium. We've got a big budget, and it's every single year. It's the same. But we get towards the playoffs, and then we bottle it, and then we recruit somebody else, we bottle it, and then it just goes round and round and round. I, I can't figure out where the the problem is. I, th- I think it, I think if you look at it on an individual basis rather than a collective, you probably look at it and go, that was probably a turning point. You get injured, that was probably a turning point. You know, something happened. There's always a turning point throughout the season where you look back and you go, probably that didn't, that should have, if that didn't happen, we would have probably been there or if he was fit. Or you go away back to pre-season and you go, we've maybe worked too hard up to Christmas and we just ran out of legs. You know, I'm sure, Ali, you've been in that situation where the last probably six weeks, eight weeks of the season, you're just absolutely gone. You know, and you're just trying to pick yourself up. And you're trying to do all the right things and you just don't have that energy. You know, and also... You don't know what hap- what's happening in the changing room as well. You know, I'm not privy to it. You know, there could be bad eggs that just aren't playing, and they're just in the heads of other people, going, "Ah, this is this is crap." The manager's this, the manager's that, and then you know, although you're saying the negative things and you're trying to block them out, some of them seep in. You know, and it's it's a it's a balancing act. It's a real balancing act, I think. Ali, Ali, know when. Certainly when I was at Albion and we were going through, when I just started and we went through that 13 games and never won a game and then we went to Stirling and we, we, won, a, we won the game. You know, but 
the goalkeeper makes it, goalkeeper makes a, an absolute top world class save. You know, the last minute to keep get us that that three points, and that was the catalyst for us staying up a long way, bringing in a couple of players. You know, so you know it's fine margins. You know, if if you had you had scored that equaliser, we might have get relegated, and you might have got promoted. Yeah. You know, so it's it's just fine fine margins across the, across the season, and that's that's the nature of football. In any given in any given Saturday, you can lose or draw. What, you know, what, what, the finest of margins. What I'm kind of what I'm kind of finding here is then is the fact that is no the the board the, the three guys on the board or the three guys in the background with the with the rest of the board members that are trying to get rid of them. What I'm kind of getting the vibes of here is is you know if 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 I'll be Sterling, I'll be in good and win the next three games and the crowd get behind them, then I think everyone will be all right again. So it's about winning games, Kevin. It's not about. And some of the it's, it's, it's right. having the confidence, and I think you mentioned it earlier as well about the social media side of things and that. Young boys take this to heart now, and if we've got a crowd of guys picking on the one boy and getting booed every week, he will go into a shell. He will only perform. He'll hide. Then it's up to the manager to pick him up. So I think it's more difficult now to play than what it was when we were playing. I, I don't mean that in a a skill way or a you know the, the, what level you're playing at. Or I just think. You know, with mental health and social media, and that's another story, you know, but I think it does affect more people when there's fans on their back than it affects other people. Yeah, I, 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 can, I can relate to that. I can relate to that because when I was at Portsmouth and, and we won the championship, the first half of the season, I get booed when my name get called out when I was starting. You know, the fans <laughs> were actually booing me. And I was just like, Aye. you know, fuck yous. You know, Aye. end of the day, the manager's picking me. I don't really care. Aye. I don't really care what yous are saying. You know, the manager's picking me, but by the end of the season, they're singing my name and chanting, you know. Because you're winning games. You know, at the end of the day, it's just it's just the makeup of a of a player of a of a player where they're going to accept that and go, oh, wow. I'm not. Don't get me wrong. There was no social media there. Do you know what I mean? I wasn't going going after a game and going looking and saying, well, what are the fans saying? What are the fans saying? Because I knew what they were saying. But at the end of the day, I didn't give two fucks. You know, I was nice. I was I was I was I was, I was playing. That was the most important thing for me. The manager and the players looked to me when I was playing and went, I know what he's given me, end of. You know, so ultimately, yeah, it helps. When you, it helps, it eases it when you're winning games. But I think for me, it seems as if the Sterling Albion fans, and I disagree a wee bit with you, Ali, in the sense right. that they won three games, the fans would still be annoyed about something. I probably you know I, mean? I, I think I, just, Mark, just Mark, how did he take how did he take a touch? <laughs> you, know, you, know, that point, <laughs> you know, but at that point where they're just pulling up pulling the pulling the hair out of their head and they go, We just want to get out of this league. I think it's more it's more about getting out of the league than it is about all the other things. You know, they just feel as if we've been in this this league too long, we're a big side. You know, it's that that big, big team syndrome, you know. Yeah. You think you're a big team, but ultimately you're a Division Two team because you've been in there for eight, eight years. You know, it's like it's like being a, it's like you know, Hibs being a, Hibs are it's like Hibs getting relegated to the Championship and being in there for eight years and going, we're a we're we're a Premiership side. No, you're not. You're a first of it. You're a Championship side. Plain yeah. matter of fact, until yeah. you get out of that league, that's a league. That's unfortunately where you're at. Yeah. You must be a rarity, Mark, on these podcasts whereby you're actually no backing your team to do well. So hopefully, <laughs> for your sake, 
it'll be it's like reverse psychology and they will do well. Oh, well, we've got them, we've picked them, haven't we? We've got Sterling in the I think I thought we've got Sterling in the top four, haven't we? Yeah. I'm not. Um, John, who have you got then? Top four. Um, so in the playoffs, um, I've got I've got Ann in because I liked what they were doing in the um the League Cup and how they progressed last season, but they've not started well, as we've seen yeah. at the weekend. I've got yeah. Bonnie Rigg because I've just got a feeling that they'll come up and do quite well. So I think they'll win the league. Um I scored someone to put them batting in there. The team I've got winning the league. For, I've got a wee hunch for four for, for some reason. I know they've, that their start's been a wee bit kind of iffy, but um, I think Gary Irvin's a good manager. They had a decent season last season. Should have um, beaten Anne in that playoff semi-final and they lost a late goal. Um, I think I've got a wee hunch for them, but then I, I've had hunches in that division before and they've been completely wrong, so <laughs> <laughs> don't come to me. Right, sorry, I've got them all noted down for the end of the season anyway. So what, you got four for Anne and Bonnie Rigg and who else? Dumbarton. Dumbarton, you got Dumbarton, right? Um, Mark, who did you back? Who do you like? <laughs> I've actually got Dumbarton, Forfar, Bonnie Rig, and Annan. Dumbarton, Forfar, Bonnie Rig, and Annan. Mm, I think Dumbarton have probably got the strongest eleven at the at the sides. Forfar have got some cracking old heads with McCluskey and stuff up front. I think I, I just obviously I've seen us defend, so I just can't see us. Consistently doing well this whole season, we can maybe beat Stenshmere three 0 and we'll beat Dumbarton again, and we'll beat Forfar and Bonnie Rig. But I just don't think over the whole season we'll we'll be there. Um, Alan, what about yourself? Uh, surprisingly, I actually had Dumbarton uh, to win the league. So as long as they can uh, keep that, that's all right. I just again uh, bounce back, um, strong squad, and they've got off to a flyer. Um, I've got Bonnie Rig, Forfar, and Annan. Um, making up the playoff spots there. Okay, well, um, Ali and Kevin, you both said obviously Dumbarton and Solid Albion. Who's going to run? I've got, I've got um, Stenishmuir and Bonnie Rig. Stenishmuir, Bonnie Rig. Initially, Stenishmuir, but I've scored them out. Because <laughs> he's, he's, he's five for Annan for me. He's five for Annan. Yeah, top four. Right, okay. Uh, and then who's finishing bottom? Um, we'll start with you, Ali. Start with me. I say it every year, and I, I hate saying it. Kev's old team, my old team. I think Albion are struggling big time, man. Albion Rovers are struggling big time, but they always seem to find a way. And I think with me saying they're struggling, or maybe helping me stay up. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I hate saying it, you know, and I, I still go to watch them. I've been to a couple of games and I think Elgin might struggle as well. I think Elgin might be doing their joint. So, um, but it's going to be between the two of them. And I don't want to say that Albion will definitely get relegated, but I think for me, it's between Elgin and Albion for the drop. Right, okay. Hey, Alan? I have got Albion as well. Albion. Right, okay. Kevin? I. I- I, I, tend to, I tend to agree with Ali. I, I think it will be one of Albion or Elgin. I, I'm hopeful. I'm hoping it's it's Elgin. You know, uh, I think the only difference between the two is Elgin have got Kane Hester. Albion Rovers don't have an out and out goal scorer that's maybe going to get you the ten or twelve goals that Kane Hester would get you. But I also think that if Albion Rovers can keep their top their best eleven fit then they've got a real opportunity, I think, when it gets to, to stay, to, you know, not not even be 
you know, bottom two. But I think it's the depth of squad and the quality out that they bring in will be the issue, you know, out with that top that maybe the best eleven or best twelve. I think it's the depth of squad that they've got. But you know, Elgin, it's it's a difficult place to go to, Elgin. You know, it's a, especially in the winter, especially in the winter months. And Kane Hester is is a proven goal scorer in that in that league. Hey, what about yourself, Mark? Who do you think will finish bottom? I have got Albion Rovers as well. Looked at a lost quite a few key signings. I've brought in maybe one decent player in the big boy Sonker. It was at Stranraer last season. Uh, they're looking to like some Michael Payton to keep them. I think he's getting old, and I just think with foot cow and beef being there, it might have been their turn already. Um, but I look at Albion Rovers and then I see Elgin and I see Elgin's players and I think you're McCardy, Cooper, Cameron, Hester, Dingwall, I think they can all make a difference where I look at Albion Rovers and I think there's no really anybody that does it for me. I think they've just kind of managed to get by because of cow and beef have been poor. So I think it'll be them this year. Also, they've lost three out of three already. So I've got them to go down. John, are you completing the set? Yeah, just because um, I do think Elgin will be down there. Dave Smith has also helped us out with um, a couple of podcasts. Um, he's um, got Elgin down there as well, um, down at the bottom. But I think Elgin Rovers, um, you know, they've been dicing the, the, that wrong in the table for too long. And when you get in that position where you're always flirting with relegation, it eventually comes up. Look at Queen said from the Championship, look at um, Cowden Beef last season. Um, breaking the years before, I think it will catch up, and I think whoever wins the Lowland or Highland League is going to be good enough to beat Arvin Rovers over two games. I think, um, well, but we'll wait and see. Okay, so good news for fans of Peterhead and Albion Rovers. Our predictions are usually shit, so they will both stay. Up. They're both <laughs> fine. Um, right, okay. So Ali, I made a fubar in the weekend in terms of predictions. You got it right. I had a few pints in the sunshine. On Saturday at Canvas Line. So it's 2-1 to you in the predictions game. Good. Always so, you've got to stay, listen, this is where you've got to stay focused, John. You know, you've got to stay focused. You've got to check the scores properly and you've got to award them when the guy gets them right. Aye, I, I blame the sunshine and the beers. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's what it came down to. Uh, uh-huh. nice, wee, nice wee setup at Canvas Line Rangers if anyone's not been. Uh, uh, brilliant. It's a good wee setup there. So, We've got the lower league predictions game this weekend, so we thought we'll get our guests to predict the scores for the three games. So you've got to predict an actual score, not just a win, lose, or draw. Okay. So first up, Alan, you've got Morton versus Dundee. Oh, Morton versus Dundee. Uh, one 0 Dundee. Right. Okay. Um, Mark, you've got Montrose v Clyde. <laughs> uh, I, I can't separate them. I'm going to go one each, one each, one each. Right, okay. And then Kevin, the good thing is John's not been uh, bad enough to give Albion Rovers here, so he's been. I would have given him. I'd have put him in there, but he's good for Albion a reason. No uh, I'll, take, I'll take I'll take Albion Rovers to win. No, remember I didn't. I didn't say Albion. Remember, I didn't see Albion Rovers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I no, sat on the fence there. <laughs> <laughs> he's given you his five versus four for. I'm going to go a 1-1 one, one draw. 1-1 one, one draw. Ali, are you going to give us the scores 
tonight are you going to give us something later in the week? I just text when I'm sending them because I'm not that embarrassed myself. Oh, it's <laughs> oh, very good. I've got to think of, listen guys listen you know what I do I go and look at the head to head they have a bit of cheating phone a couple of managers see who's injured exactly exactly come back in with them aye. <laughs> you moaned when you weren't the first aye see exactly exactly as John said <laughs> so, come been... on did, did you notice something about those teams Ali not I can't believe I did this um, in the lower in the lower leagues not one of those clubs you played with as far as I know oh no so you had a spell at Clyde Played played this I scored a few goals there. Goodness uh, me, get me on. Forgot about I that. Can't even mind <laughs> the other ones. I scored against the rest of them. <laughs> um, so I we'll see what happens. Hopefully, Alan, Mark, and Kevin can do as a return and get back to 2 2. Yeah, I'm sure they will. Um, <laughs> so, everyone, thanks for coming on. Good to have you on as always. Hopefully, we'll review the, the predictions mid season. So, you'll get a chance to stick up to us for your predictions. Right. So. Folk are writing off some teams after three games. I know. Folly. That's what happens, mate. That's the, that's the, the football fan the these days. <laughs> What's that, Kevin? They were getting written off at pre-season. <laughs> <laughs> I might disappear halfway through. <laughs> you might be Kevin's keeping an eye on the vacancies because him and Ali, the dream team, could come back. Oh, you never know. You never know. I, I, I might be able to the Lowland League now. By the way, no, I'm talking about the twos that come back to play. <laughs> You're not Bonnie Alley, I've told you this before. You're not Alley, don't, don't forget that. Bye. Uh, bye. Good to have Ollie on as always, and we shall catch you soon. Cheers, guys. 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 Cheers